Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. As long as it's all good, I want to welcome you to the House That Happens, sponsored by Shuey's Bar and Grill, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke, voted four times the best dive bar in the city. However, we'd like to believe it's the best dive bar in the country because when you're here, we keep the vibe alive. Hi, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. And we want to talk about the iconic, insidious, and insane things that happen in this place we call the world of sports. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Cruz. Uh, so... There's, there's something I want to talk about a little bit before we get into the show. So I showed my girlfriend, or she's been listening to the podcast now, right? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, she's terrified of you. I love that. I love it. And then I showed her what you look like, and she said you look like a black David Suzuki. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I'm taking off my glasses right now. Can you tell your girlfriend that I think that David Suzuki is less than dirt? <laughs> That's what I think about David. I liked your girlfriend until I heard that. I hope she's going to hear this podcast. So she's going to say, what's your girlfriend's name? Stephanie. Stephanie. We have issues. Okay, girl? We have we have issues. But that's okay. We'll get back to that. I look like a black David Suzuki. Black David You know it's what? This, I think I think I got to agree with her a little oh, bit. Sh- I, I'm shaving my chin. As soon as I go home, that's it. You know what I mean? A black David Suzuki. I can't tell, wait to tell my wife that. She's going to fall off the table laughing because she knows what I think of David Suzuki. And oh, I got to ask Gail about, her, about that next time I see her then. Oh, I'm going to go home. First thing I'm going to say, call me a black David Suzuki. But speaking of things... Things that are black, and since I am a man of color, it would be remiss of I. It's getting towards the end of um, a Black History Month. And I just wanted to point out a few things that I thought about numbers that I'm going to go because we're going to be talking about baseball today and we want to talk about records. And one of my biggest things I want to throw out here, we won't debate it today, we'll debate another time, is I don't think that baseball numbers counted till Jackie Robinson came in. First of all, because Josh Gibson never got to play. If you don't know who Josh Gibson is, look him up. They say he could have been the greatest baseball player of all Mm -hmm. time. Number two, we don't talk enough about the amount of abuse that Bill Russell took to get to the NBA where it is today so all the prima donnas can make the money that they are making with no regard for Bill Russell. And most importantly of all, I I really want to point out to people that if you're a great athlete, you're going to make it in any sport. So I don't want people telling me about, is there enough black athletes in the NHL? I'm saying that's really kind of... Uh, irrelevant. Th- irrelevant. That's my point right now. If you're good enough, you're gonna you're gonna go. It's just like they talk about in the world of baseball. There's it, the black community says, well, there's not enough um, young black men that want to go play baseball. Well, the reason is they want to go play football or basketball because the uh, money comes quicker and faster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But in any event, I want uh, also so uh, kind of on that topic too. It's something I posted in our uh, chat a few weeks ago. In the new MLB The Show game, they're actually including scenarios from Negro League games. That's from back great. In the- I think that's so cool. Me too. I, I, so I got to cool. check that out in any event because like, there's, there's guys like Satchel Paige that were, were amazing, but we'll never know because they didn't get to play. But I'm a, I, I did a little studying, and everybody out there, if you're listening to this broadcast, um, Joe DiMaggio came to the park one day, and he's seen josh gibson hitting baseballs and he and first thing dimaggio said was i'm glad i don't have to play against that guy <laughs> that's gonna, you know but moving on to the subjects at hand we just finished last week uh where we had the nba all-star game what do you think we did what do you think of the nba all-star game snooze fest <laughs> i heard the game itself was like you know it's bad when you know the coaches and players are basically are criticizing it to, like right after the fact. Immediately, um, I forget. Jalen Brown, what do you say? It was a glorified layup line. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And not only that, I can't remember. Not Dean Blandino. 
But another big talking head said, it's the worst basketball game he's ever seen in his life. This specific This all-star game was the, the, the worst basketball he's ever seen in his life. Now, let's take it one step further. One of the features of the um, all-star weekend has to be a dunk contest, which was won by one of the guys from the Hoosers. <laughs> yeah, from, from, the, from the G League. From the G a minor league. league player won the dunk contest. Um, do you believe it's LeBron's the reason why the, the uh, dunk contest is not good anymore? If People not, are blaming LeBron because he never got involved. If not LeBron, then definitely LeBron's generation of players, you know, like him and the D-Wades and Melo and those guys. Because, like, before it kind of used to be, like, a stepping stone for these guys. It'd be like, hey, this is where you kind of showcase, like, your the flashiness and all that. You know, Michael Jordan did the dunk contest, of course. Dominique Wilkins. They had a famous duel back in the day. Vince oh, yeah. Carter. Yes, Tracy McGrady. T-Mac. Yep, yeah, all these guys. Um, I, I kind of get it there because if you're going to an all-star game, shouldn't you see a guy that's an all-star instead of a guy that plays for the Hoosers? Or at I'm least ju- I'm just saying that. At least someone that's a household name. Yes, or you get to know it. So I think the only good thing about the um, all-star game – in my personal opinion, is I do think that the skills competition is kind of fun, and of course the nah, I think that's kind of I, I I'm not a fan of the skills competition. I, I think don't that's mind. Kind of I thought the, I thought they're the, like dribbling around the car and whatever. Like, come on. I, I I thought the NHL actually their skills competition was a little bit more interesting than the NBA's this year, which is usually doesn't work that way. Um. Yeah. I oh, mean, there's, there's only a couple things I, I think we talked about this. There's yeah. only a couple things I liked about the NHL one, um, and it was both the previously recorded segments oh yeah that, that, <laughs> although that, that, that was that's bogus. like that's uh those been getting mixed reviews though like i enjoyed them but talking to other people it's been like uh, some of the older guys maybe didn't appreciate that so much i thought it was fun though but uh back to the nba i love the three-point shootout though that's number one that's what i'm saying you, and then you look at the guys that were in that that's you got all stars in the three-point competition oh yeah guys want to win that and guys want to win that that's been going back to the larry bird days yeah you know what i mean you want to come in because what what is the nba you want to be a shooter you want to be known yep. as a shooter, and uh, I, I thought it was great, especially when you like. I, I know you mentioned it previously. It's kind of like a little bit of an endurance contest. Oh, it's too. definitely an endurance contest, and I like how they kind of change it up to add a little bit of strategy. Where like you have the rack that's where you got no money balls, and you got the one that's all, all money, money balls. balls. Yeah, and then they good. added those like two shots that are worth three now. Yeah. That's kind of a little change up too. I think that's really interesting. I what I think they should add is like a half court shot that's worth like five or something. Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I think it's gonna. I think that would be interesting. Anything that brings the fans out and and get your ass off the seat. That's mm-hmm. what I'm just saying. You know what I mean? And otherwise, it's just a, a glorified weekend of uh, guys getting together, alumni, and and everyone loves a little alumni. I uh, I heard Michael Wilbon of PTI said the best thing about the All Star Weekend is the uh, camaraderie and the community of the NBA. He believes it's got nothing to do with the product on the court, any of the competitions. It's a fact for some of the old guys to come in and remind the new guys of what's going on. Even mm-hmm. though there seems to be a little bit of a divide between the old and the new because some of the new... Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of like, I'm not saying anybody's got attitude or... I don't know really how to explain it, but I really wish they would understand one thing. And I'm going to... I beat this with a stick sometime. Just before you guys, a lot of these kids were even born or around, the NBA was on tape delay. Yep. Now it's an in-demand thing, and I think what they're doing is a lot of this attitude that's going on is wrecking the game. Did you hear Adam Silver's comments concerning load management? I did not. 
I think he glossed it over way too much for my liking because there's really been a snowball effect going on where a lot of people are starting to say, come on, guys, you got to play. Oh, yeah. Charles Barkley led the, the Vanguard, a couple other sports shows I've been on, and saying this. At this point in time, you have private airplanes. Everyone's got their own trainer. Nutrition is better. Equipment is better. Technology is better. Everything is supposed to be better, but you got to play less. That kind of weirds me out in a funny kind weird. of weird. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's very weird. I, like I said before, I think we're heading towards a lockout in the NBA. Well, one of the things that Adam Silver said was, and I agree with this, okay? A lot of these uh, contracts are based on how you were performed. For example, if you make an NBA All-Star team, you get this bracket of money. Or you're an mm-hmm. MVP, you make this money. Because everyone knows the famous thing is Clay Thomas missed by two votes. Thompson. Yeah, Clay Thompson missed by two votes. Yep. Who actually shot 12 threes last night. He was amazing. And he missed out on what, about 50, 60 million dollars because he, because he wasn't voted on the team. Yep. He didn't make postseason all-star. Yeah, that's what it was. So what happens if a couple of writers don't like you? Yeah, there we go. So uh, I'm going. It's it's a it's a strange system that they went with. Oh, I, I think it's what Adam Silver said. This from now on, it should be determined on the number of games you played. Because you know what, another another one of the MVPs, um, are and some of the guys that make the uh, All Star game. Some of these guys don't even play sixty games. So how do you wow. make the All Star team, or you're even consideration for the MVP when you've sat half a season out? Yeah, I mean, like, well. Let's put this out there. If you're actually missing, you know, 20-something games due to, like, legit injury, different story. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I but get if that. But if you're just sitting out, like, come on. Well, you know what? I, I don't – if you miss 20-some games, then, uh, no, you, you shouldn't be eligible for an MVP because that means how can you be the MVP when you miss a quarter of a season? I mean, Jalen Hurts – I mean, Patrick Mahomes was deserving of the MVP in the NFL this year, but he was in a neck-and-neck race with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And they say the reason that Hurts didn't end up winning – is because he yeah, he missed, missed those like three games at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that 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 puts more credibility into the award itself. I believe. I think so too. You know. So oh, I, and like and think about the NHL. You're like you're not winning the heart or the Vesna if you play like you know two thirds or no three quarters of the season. No, you're I, out of contention. You know, and I I like that about the NHL. So I'm, I I I really think that the only good thing that Adam Silver said is that maybe during the contract they're going to make a rule where it says if you don't play a certain amount of games, you should be eligible for certain awards or mm. all pro or like uh, all-star teams or something like that there should be like a line where they say okay if you don't play 62 games or more then you're not eligible for mvp yeah. or uh six man of the year or all that yeah, other any of those non- awards yeah. yeah and you know what i mean and I, but i it's interesting because we're going to keep our eye on the uh CBA, which is going to come up because there's just too much nonsense going on in the NBA with load management, guys sitting, horrible games. Um, the ratings are down. Though we've gotten to that. that. It's because of the streaming, and the streaming numbers are hard to quantify. Oh, uh, so, yeah. I heard. I heard. Uh, agreed. Agreed. However, I did hear. Um, I don't know. Somebody was on. Uh, uh, I don't know. Is Tim Legler? One of the guys said, "Get away from the streaming. The actual numbers that go with ESPN. They they've they've apparently put that in their equation in the last couple of years. So say they say they. Well, were, that's like they're, like you're saying they put the streaming in their equation. Yeah, they've now decided to put it in, and they're yeah. still saying well, they got well, it down. I don't think some other networks are set up for that though. That's the problem. Well, I'm, I'm saying the problem is this. Get on the goddamn court. <laughs> Play the goddamn game. You know what I mean? You're making $40 million a year. Possibly more. Possibly more. And you can't come out now. Here it I is. think it's ridiculous, too. 
When you get to the 12th guy in the team, you're only making a mil or whatever, only making a mil. So those guys got to pull it up. But in any event, I don't want to beat, I don't want to waste a whole show on talking about CBAs and and conscious like that. I'm just glad that this whole load management thing is coming out and and people are really starting to yell. The fans are getting into it. They're saying, well, the the number one thing is I believe is they should just shorten the season. There's too many games. That sounds like it's in the cards, seriously. Okay, but if you go into like seventy-two games or whatever, okay, then the players got to take less money. They I don't agree. That, take... That's that's how I think we're heading towards a oh, lockout. Yeah. Uh, Going back uh, to that. Well, that that's all good too. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, this... um, a couple more things I want to get to All Star though. So or unless you had anything, no, 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 go ahead. Um, so I thought there was a cool little moment. They had LeBron, Kareem, and Karl Malone, the three top scorers of all time. They had a little moment there on oh, stage. Oh yeah, that was, that was cool. That was cool. That was very cool. I'm glad Kareem showed up. I'm glad Kareem's not so gnarly as he used to be, but. <laughs> softened in his uh, old age unlike you um uh, another part that i found funny was carl malone was one of the judges for the dunk contest right and his face during that like stupid dunk where like the guy had the envelope attached to the to the um, the mesh there i I thought that was just like so funny oh it it was just like (laughs) like it was it it reflected like everyone watching it's like this guy's just not impressed you know i i agree too but you know then again carl malone is the only black redneck i know (laughs) I'm going to say it. Someone's got to say it. I'm going to say it. That Carl Malone hangs out probably with. No, I don't want to say who because then it makes that I'm going to be derogatory. The Utah effect, let's just say. Yeah, I'm just going to, whatever it is. And I want to add another thing on. Um, this is this is something that we voted on a few weeks ago, and I think that it was verified. If you watch a previous episode, we had decided on the best bitches in the NBA. Nate Millen, McMillan, just got fired by the Atlanta Hawks. The mm-hmm. reason that he got fired from the Atlanta Hawks? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Trey Young. <laughs> Trey Young, okay? I'm going to beat this guy. First of all, get a haircut, buddy. Get a haircut. You're telling but, someone to get a haircut? No, that's no, no, because you know what? I don't look like I'm going to be losing mine. When I when he gets to my age, he's going to have no hair. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. He's going to have no hair. I think the fact that he's going to be a, I, I heard someone say he's going to be a coach killer. I believe it 100%. Let's you know see. what I mean? I believe it's 100% due to the fact that, first of all, they weren't winning. Nate McMillan came in, and they did the drive, and they ended up going to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, things don't go his way. He starts crying. And he loses the coach. Now, everybody knows in the NBA, especially in the NBA with only 12 players, is if you got a problem, it's the coach that's going to go, not the player. Well, that's any sports. Well, you know what I mean? You especially can't, you can't fire all the players, right? The old, uh, the old saying. No, I, I agree. But I'm just saying it verifies the fact that I think that Trey Young is the bitch of the year in the NBA. And just the fact he got a coach fire verifies it for me. And considering that I might have a little bit of hair, I'd put my hair up against his any day of the week. Get a haircut, buddy. Ooh. Get a haircut. If you, in case you haven't noticed, I'm going to say this. I thought Trey Young was a bitch at Oklahoma. I, I watch the college. In the, I watch NCA. March Madness is coming up. I can't wait because it puts me away from the NBA for a while. But I'm glad that the guys – I hope Atlanta doesn't make the playoffs. That's what I'm hoping. They'll make the play-in, though, I think. I, I agree, too, which turns into uh, something we, we that's closer to home. We are the house that happens, and we're concerned what happens in our city of Toronto. And I just want to give a big shout-out to Usai Majuri for not being a seller. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I got to correct you there. Oh, Masai yeah, Ujiri. I know, Masai, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I always screw your name up. But anyway, we know you are, Masai. You know what I mean? I'm glad that he was a buyer and not a seller. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I mean, like, I was, I was questioning the whole way because I'm like... Yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah, because you yeah, you're like, you, you know, there's rumors, rumblings of uh, unrest in the locker room, let's just say. 
I agree. I, I mean, there's a little bit because you know what the problem is when you got seven guys that are doing seven things that are the same. Um, yeah, the too many every, wings. Well, what's your position? What's your position? So I think Masai was very smart because I've heard it over the year, and it was true. It says, what if they had a defined big man in the middle? So they went out and got Podal, and since Pertle. then, Pertle, whatever his yeah. name is, um, they've won five of six. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and, and, and he had, what was his second game? He was, it was like a big, big game, 30 points. Like, oh, yeah. It was, and, it was Shaq, classic Shaq numbers, basically. And, and, and you know, another thing that he did that surprised me is he's a great rim protector. Yeah, which is what the team needed. Exactly, and they're going inside. I'm little, you know what? My favorite player on the team is Scotty Barnes. Everybody knows that, mm-hmm. but I don't think that he's really a point guard. Like he no. did last he's night. Kind of, he's a point forward kind of guy. Yeah, and I, I hope Fred Van Fleet gets back quickly. But what I'm saying is that about Messiah is if there was a chemistry problem, who is the problem with? It seems that last year I was ready to trade Pascal Siakam. I was tired yeah. of his attitude, but he's taken a left turn on that, a right turn, actually. And uh, he's back to being the Pascal that we know. Yeah. I heard the problem is OG. OG thinks that he's a scorer. Okay? He came in last night. He, he's the best defensive player again on the floor last night. Yep. Easily the best defensive player. And you're not going to win without a defensive player of that caliber. And the problem is, as long as the shooters stay hot. I thought we should have traded Gary Trent Jr. I still do. He's a free agent at the end of the season, I believe, right? Yeah, and it sounds like... But it sounds like they're going to work on... Or they are working on a contract extension. It sounds like he wants to stay. Everybody wants to stay in Toronto once they get here. It sounds like an outpost throughout the north with Eskimos. But once they get to Toronto, they Didn't used to be that way. I know, but now the people come here and they see what's going on. Just look at the opportunities they get financially with commercials alone. Oh, yeah. They're not, I think I've said this before. They're not going to get these opportunities in Oklahoma. They're not going to get some of these opportunities in Memphis. Like, Toronto is, quote, a world-class city. Mm-hmm. A lot goes on here. So who have you seen on commercials? OG, Fred. Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Uh, Gary Trent. Siakam Van Vliet. Siakam Van Vliet. 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 the peanut butter ones. Yeah. yeah, like, if you just think the lineup, and it, I'll start it back with the worst the worst pick ever in Raptors franchise history, Baryani. Remember, he used to do all the, the uh, oh the the pasta commercials. Yeah, because he was as soft as a pasta. He was eating. <laughs> we know that. Come on, he was Baryani. Any in any event, I really think that it the wasn't tr- even a that good of a pasta brand. I think we, we've got twenty games left on the schedule. Uh, let me quickly check that. I, I think it's about open. 20, 20 games left. Let me quickly see. I think it is. Uh, we have 22 games left. Okay, so 22 games left, and I heard we have the third or fourth easiest schedule going down according to the metrics, that we are supposed to have one of the easier schedules. Compared coming. to who, though? Um, let's see who we play beside. Beside Chicago. So it's Detroit today. Then So at Detroit, at Cleveland versus Chicago. Yes. Yeah, at Washington, at Washington, yeah. at Denver, at the Clippers, at the Lakers versus Denver. Versus OKC versus Minnesota. See, those are a lot Milwaukee. of teams that are, are are all fighting. I don't think their schedule's that easy. Well, you know what? Then it, they end off at Boston at Boston versus Milwaukee. Uh, every time I hear the word Boston, I want to puke. You know, but we'll no, get to too. that. We'll get to that. Me a little, too. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. However, I think this. I I think this is a time if they got the twenty games left. Get the rotation down. Go with the eight guys. I think Precious should play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get, get, get Boucher, get his confidence back, because I'm going to tell you this much. Boucher was playing pretty well against uh, the Pelicans, I thought. Yes, he did, and he's back to being a defensive force, which is the Raptors' ticket. I think that they're they're, they're going to score because, this is like, you know, what are your defensive metrics this year? The game's out of control, scoring-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that they have more 40-point scores now since 1961 and 62. 
<laughs> this is the most 40 that makes points sense, scores in 61 and 62. Oh, by the way, do you know who was, who was playing, who was responsible for most of those games? Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> so you know what I mean? He was whipping white boys badly back then. You know what I'm saying? But how did that get him? We're talking 60 years in, and it took that long to get that many 40-point scores in the evolution of the NBA. What does that tell you? Hmm. Offense is out of control. Yeah, and nobody or plays no defense plays anymore. So I'm saying is that... Um, and one of the things that really bugs me when people say this is that um, now that they change the game where you have a lot of switches and you move around more, they say it's harder on the players because they're pounding their knees on the hard court. That's why we have this so-called load management. I don't buy that. Have you, have buy you that seen these minute. shoes that these guys wear? That's like come walking on, on a cloud. Come on, stop it. It's completely ridiculous. You know what I mean? You're in better shape, better gear, the whole things I've said before. So I'm not buying into that. Get out on the court and play. But I really think that the Raptors might get up to a six. You're only, they're only three or four games out of the six spot. When you look uh, at it. They are, it's a little more than that, four and a half. Okay, let's look at the loss column. That's what I always want to look at, okay? They have four more losses than the Knicks who are in sixth. Okay, so there you go. And the Heat lost last night, and they don't look like they're going anywhere quickly either. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean Kevin Love won't save them? No, I don't think they're going to save them. They looked terrible last night against Milwaukee. Absolutely terrible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we're, we'll, we'll wait to see. There's another thing that we wanted to talk about is LeBron James said that this is the 23 most important regular season game of his career. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? He better play all those, all 23 of those games. Oh, there's no doubt he will. He better. There's no doubt. And AD is going to be playing here. My, my, my thing is this about the, the Lakers. AD stays healthy, they make the playoffs. That's the big question, though, because, <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't bet on his health. I, I love Anthony Davis. I heard that someone says, and this is an interesting prospect, that guys a certain size play a certain way will run into injuries. Hmm. And, like, in what way? Because like, they say, like, okay, um, AD played point guard in high school. Okay. That's shot true. up. He shot up really tall. and But he still plays like a point guard sometimes. So what happens is um, you're – the, the wear and tear in your knees playing that type of game where you're not going into the paint, you're not moving laterally, you're going up and down, you're mm-hmm. pounding that maybe. Uh, Zion Williams is another guy that they, they they said was like that. And they also say that it starts... Yeah, with- uh, I don't know. Zion, he's more of like a... Bull. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Zion's just carrying too much weight. I think that's the problem. Well, here's an interesting thing that... The, and another name that came up, and it's interesting now because it goes to the wear and tear is... Um, Kevin Durant. I was just going to bring him up, funny enough, that you said that. Because he does play that, like, that guard kind of game. But he's like, you know. Okay, he's what, 15 six, years like, in the league. He's almost 7 feet. He's 6'11". So guess what? He's yeah. starting to have those injuries that are wear and tear that uh, kind of lends itself to the theory of a man this size playing this type of game will probably have a little wear and tear that they're not usually getting from somebody that played that way 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I'm not right. sure. There's not enough uh, data on it, really. It's an interesting theory, though. It is. I, you know, when you think about it, and certain guys getting certain injuries, and there, there's, there, there's starting to be a little bit of a sample size, so mm-hmm. to speak, on where that's going to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Davis, like, it's been injury problems with him, like, pretty much since the beginning of when he got to the league, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, and, he, and he had a minor injury in college, too. With yep. the same thing when yep. he won the national championship. Um, in, in any event, I'm going I'm to start to think that it's going to boil down to the Boston Celtics and the um, 
Boston Celtics and uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee for, the for the Eastern yeah. Conference. But I just want to bring up something that I found very unusual. They just gave Coach Mozilla of the Boston Celtics an extension mm, on the right. team, okay? So what do you do with Buddy that they suspended for his uh, indiscretions with a staff member? Did they leave him hanging out to dry? Why didn't they just fire the guy? Well, I think you – I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I know you have a theory about this. 100%. They're gonna, what they're doing is they're making sure he never gets a game in the NBA again. Ever. What they're trying to do is they're hanging him out to dry. So every organization says, do you want this guy as your coach? He might be sleeping with your daughter in a week. <laughs> I just think that it's a little bit crazy personally because everybody makes mistakes. As for something like it's you know dealing with someone's private life as well. Exactly. So what I, think, you, I think that's so absurd to like kick a guy to a curb for, for that. Well, I you know? Think, you know what it is is that the old theory about the uh, the league being um, the elitist like the uh, what do you call the benchmark teams the uh, anchor teams of the uh, oh it's like the Celtics the Lakers and, yeah that yeah. kind of deal so what they've done is he's disgraced the the Celtic name so to speak and therefore the Celtics want to make an example of him because we are the gods of basketball mm -hmm. and nobody does that in our house kind of that stuff but listen I'm thinking right now somewhere in this city is having an affair. As we are speaking, somewhere in this city, someone's having an affair, More people. than just someone. Maybe two. Uh, anyone want to talk about the mayor of Toronto? Lately? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we don't want to go there. I don't oh, think man, he that should. Oh, man, that led to problems at my work because we had a bunch of uh, postcards where he he's on there. Oh, really? Yeah, because uh, the company I work for, they helped bring the Michelin guy to uh, Toronto. Oh, right. So, obviously, part of the announcement, so it's like my two bosses, John Tory, like there's like a, a Michelin star chef there and another guy who I didn't know, but... Like, and we had the picture at the front desk, too. That's all gone. Oh, gee. Yeah. And, and that's, again, like, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's a very fine line. Uh, I believe, like, your personal life to your professional life. Now, if you're doing something in your personal life that's affecting your professional life, for example, uh, gambling, drugs, whatever. Mm. Okay. But, I mean, this is, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to be the righteous one. No. You know what I and mean? I mean like, they're never going to make a saint out of me, so I'm not going to be the one that's going to try to judge. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I mean the John Tory situation I think is a little bit different because that did interfere with uh, his professional life, correct? So uh, I, I'm not really sure. But anyway. uh, He was helping this uh, staffer get some jobs. Okay, so yeah. what? I mean, like, uh, I'm not going to say anything about fellatio either, okay? so But I, I have a... Um, you brought it up off off mic. You came up with an interesting scenario about the NBA, um, the MVP, and who wins the championship. Yes. So the last two years, the All Star Game MVP has gone on to win the Finals MVP that year. So uh, two years ago it was Giannis. Last year was Steph Curry. Things work out the same this year. That means Jason Tatum will win. Finals MVP. You know, that would make me sick. Anytime the Celtics win. Oh, I really I, uh, we, you know, I don't I, even want Boston to go anywhere near the finals. So, Well, I think, uh, I, I, you know what, I think even though um, Giannis has got a couple of weird injuries, he went out of the game last night again. Oh, no. Yeah, he went, they say it might be minor, but remember just before the All-Star break, he went into the corner and he banged it up. Well, apparently yeah. he, he didn't, it looked harmless. When he made his move on the court, then he walked off. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the next thing you know, he's he didn't play, he played six minutes last night. Wow! Even though Milwaukee blew them off the court, another oh by the way, another horrible 
NBA game last night. Absolutely ridiculous. But th- th- that's just something we're going to have to live with. You know what I'm saying? And, oh, until yeah. like, we get to the CBA, like, like we said, we don't want to beat dead horses. We're big basketball fans. I'm going to tell you honestly, I am so looking forward to March Madness this year because I don't want to look at... Um, I don't want to look at the NBA for a while. They get me back to um, the guys that want to get in the league. But before we leave the basketball, I want to ask you a question, Mr. Milani, because something happened in college basketball that's how do you handle this situation? Did you hear what's going on with the University of Alabama? Uh, no, I saw on the TV here they flashed something about them, but I don't have my glasses on. I didn't have a chance to okay, read it. Okay, let's put it this way. Um, one of the guys is involved in a murder. Oh, shit. A murder. So we got one, one of the, the players. Okay, so that guy was dismissed immediately, correct? Um, he was, dem- uh, and I, I should have all their names down here, but we'll do that next time. But he, the, what I want to get at is this. Okay, what, what they have is information is this girl got killed. Um, one of the guys that's playing on the team, they dismissed the guy who got charged or is involved. The other two guys haven't been charged, but they're checking the cell phones. The last guys they talked to were the two guys on, starting on Alabama. And one of the guys texts the other guy that says, can you pick up the gun? Oh, shit. So what do we do? There's, there's no charges. There's been no evidence yet. So both guys played the other night in a huge game because Alabama is considered a number one seed mm-hmm. for the NCAA tournament. So the word is, should they have not let them play or until they could have conclusive evidence or should they let them play like they did? That's a tough one. Sure it is, but here's what I say. I love that kid because he went out and scored 40 points. They were screaming from the stands, convict him, murderer. (laughs) Can you imagine going out on the court and you got fans screaming at you like that and you still scored 41 points? I'm telling you right now, there's NBA scouts looking at this guy going, that's moxie. That's the type of guy you want in your team. Not because of the crime, but but because you have that much adversity on the court. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That much adversity on the court, and yeah. people are yelling at you, and you can still perform under that pressure. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? That's just, it's just insane. I'd probably let him play too, but I mean, like, that's a, uh... ooh, that's a tough one. Yes. Okay. Can we, can we just have a stop edit for a second? Yeah. Had a quick pause there. Uh, maybe... You don't even have to say that. I'll just edit that out. Okay, perfect. Okay, let's. Uh... Movie magic, baby. I want to, I... oh, that's a beautiful thing. I just want to have, um, before we leave the NBA and, uh, and the basketball discussion, I want to give a huge shout-out to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. First and foremost, I'm finally getting my act together on pun for the review, which I've been saying for weeks, but I'm really, you're going to hear more about my talk of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because we're talking about All-Star Weekend, and like you said, it was really cool they had Karl Malone. Uh, LeBron and Kareem. And Kareem yeah. up there. I think that young people should really go back and take a look at the history of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And if they did, they would realize that perhaps maybe he is the GOAT. And I'm going to tell you the reasons why. The game has changed so much in the last 60 years that people don't realize this. This is how ridiculous it is. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was three times player of the year in the NCAA. The reason that he wasn't four times is because you had to play freshman. Mm-hmm. So think about that, guys, and all you guys in the NBA that are one and done and all that kind of nonsense. He couldn't even play on the varsity team. He had to play on the junior team. The famous story is the junior team played the senior team, and they beat them. Mm. 
So Kareem already beat the thing. So that's three times. Now let's take it one step further. Well, what, he went to UCLA? UCLA. Yeah. Okay, now let's take it one step further. He went to a big, I think it was called, he was born in Harlem. I think it was called Power Memorial, a parochial school in New York. Three state championships. Before he even got to college, he had already won three state championships. Where I don't think there's many guys in the history of basketball that won three state championships. Mm-hmm. Not only that, his second year in the NBA, he grabbed Oscar Robertson and won a championship with the Milwaukee Bucks mm-hmm. before he went to L.A. and became Showtime and became the greatest scorer of all time before LeBron had come in there. So sometimes um, he had a, a very sullen reputation. Some people might have said a little gnarly. I recently seen him on the Jennifer Hudson show, and which I never watched. I'm thank God the wife taped it for me, where he's taking the edges off and discussing the game today. Where he was saying a lot of things that go on in the NBA today are sometimes not respected by the young guys because they're just making too much money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's so. Um, I think that anybody out there that you think you're a big NBA fan, or you know, and I love Cream when I was younger. I love Cream. Like I'm not a Laker guy, but I liked the Showtime because I was a Magic Johnson guy too. Mm-hmm. And he told some great Magic Johnson stories. But big shout out to Cream Abdul Jabbar. The house that happens is not finished with Cream by a long shot. We'll get to that okay. later. Okay. In any event. Well, I, I would just implore, like, uh, if you're a young guy listening, just just get into that sports history. There's yes. so much in there to dig into. Exactly. So much in there, like, you know, it, I mean, obviously now, you know, it's the hustle and bustle. Like, we got to focus on the stuff now. That's, that's all fine and good. But, I mean, like. How did we get here? Exactly. How did we get here? And we're going to point that up in a minute when we, uh, we're talking, at, at, towards the end of the show, we're going to, uh, uh, when, when we get there, I'll make, I'll put me, the old man here, what I have discovered in my old age, and you know what I'm going to talk about because I've been watching it thanks to you. But in any event, um, what we should be talking about is today is the first day that the Toronto Blue Jays are playing their first spring training game. Yes, and uh, our producer, Jay Brar is down there in spring training as is well. It, is he really? He is. He just sent me a text it. Big shout yeah. out to Jay. You know, one day once the house becomes imagined, I think what I want to do is do shows live from Grapefruit League in Florida. I think that'd be so cool. Oh, we will. We will. That'd be great. I'd like, I've always wanted to go to, me too. to Grapefruit. It's, it's like a bucket list thing for me. Oh, uh, my buddy went to uh, Dunedin and he, he like did the tour of the facilities. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. especially since they've upgraded it. But which brings us to this point here. Um, I'm happy to hear because I'm, I'm, you know, ultimately at one point in time, I used to say that baseball was my favorite sport because it's the cerebral game. However, as we go into this new year, we should discuss the fact that um, we have some rule changes. We do a few big rule changes, obviously. So one is the pitch clock. Oh, I can't wait for that. So you have 15 seconds with the bases empty and 20 seconds with runners on. Uh, violations of the pitch clock will result in an automatic baller strike. So this is, uh, I don't know if I'll, uh, maybe not the most controversial rule coming in, but definitely a controversial rule considering, like, I guess, like, the pace and the, you know, the kind of like a pitcher's, uh, how do you say it? Like, they're, uh... I know where you're going with this, but I'm going to take it one step further. You continue, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Honestly, like... 
I kind of like this rule because, like, sometimes it gets a little ridiculous with, like, how much, like, the... I know. You got to touch your knee, grab your crotch, twist your hat, fix your gloves, yell at your girlfriend in the oh stands, like, and then you stand in the box. Like, what is it? Like, David Ortiz would, like, do and undo oh, his glove, like, 15 my, times. Okay. I, who, was, who was even worse? Like, I think, was it Nomar Garcia Parra? Oh, I think he, he was, was worse. worse. You know what? Can we... You know what? Can we never say his game again? He's the most underrated player ever. Did he win an MVP once for Boston, didn't he? Garcia Parra? Yeah. I think so. Before he kind of, like, got kicked to the curb when they kind of because he was that money guy. ball yeah and not only no not only that but you know he was protected in the lineup with Ortiz and those hitters and those oh, yeah. Boston things and then once he had to go somewhere else he wasn't protected in the lineup and his defense was never as good as they tried to quote it to be but yeah. that's another story my take on the matter is this okay they say this has been working down in the minor leagues so far but that's young guys, okay, that are coming up to the minors that have probably been schooled on some of these type of rules, okay? Mm-hmm. Now you're going to get in the box, and it's the seventh inning. There's two men on. It's the Dodgers against the Padres. Manny Machado is coming up to the plate. And Manny Machado, who's making about $40 million a year, he decides he's going to tie his shoes, grab his balls, and call his mom. And then they're going to say, strike. What's going to happen? Well, obviously, he's not going to be happy. Okay, so what happens then? You Okay, so now the count's two and two. He gets out, doesn't do his thing. Now the count is three and two. What if this game is going to decide who wins the division? Well, I mean, hopefully by then these players would be better accustomed to these rule sets by the end of the season. Well, I'm, I'm going, I think what's going to happen is they're going to call the ball. The manager is going to come out. He's going to get thrown out for protecting the player. And we're going to have mayhem. So through the first 60 games of the year, I think that we're going to see some of the most ridiculous things we've ever seen in the history of baseball. Well, I'm going to say, uh, I, I'm going to say it's a uh, little bit less than that. I think like the first like month, month and a half of the season are going to be a little bit kooky. But I mean, like hopefully like this is all ironed out by like, spring training i don't think i think that's a little optimistic but at oh least, way too optimistic yeah. half the guys aren't going to be there I think i'm hoping they, by may that the guys are settled into these uh, i new just rules. throw the guys out i'll throw everybody out if that's the oh rules, yeah that's the rules but i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what really makes me crazy about the rules is that we've adjusted the rules because your generation is soft Come on, everything you change is because everybody... It's not just my generation. Well, whatever. Whoever you call you millennials or whatever you call them. I'm just called old man, so I'll deal with that. But it's called everybody's too damn soft. And then they learn to do certain things like, I never... I was wanting a better paced game soft. It's entertainment. Okay, so what you do is guys come up there and all they're thinking about angle. Bat angle. Launch angle. Launch angle. Well, I never heard of launch angle when I was 16. So who cares about it? Just get up there and swing. But you had to change the rules because guys couldn't do certain things. For example, I want to line all my guys up on the right field line. Oh, now. I now, want nine guys on the right field now line. Now you're getting to something that's pissing me off. Exactly. The, uh, the like shift. A, so what happens is because, because you can't do something, we got to change the rules. That's called soft. That, okay, I agree there. Okay, and then just to get it over, is one of the things I heard about in a football analogy yesterday is that they're thinking about changing the rule. You know where Philadelphia does that thing? They call it the tush push. Oh, yeah. Where they go down and they said they're going to outlaw that. Why? You learned to stop the guys. <laughs> you know, if you're going to push, push back. So, oh, well, guess what? They're getting away with it. That's why the soft is coming in. Even I used to think that was illegal in the NFL, though. I didn't realize no, that was you, legal. It is legal. Well, you just get in and you push the line forward, away you go. Yeah. That's football, right? Now, all of a sudden, they're saying because Philadelphia does it more than anybody else because they got the best O-line in the league. We know that. But now you're going to make a rule because the other guys are too soft 
to stop it? Get out of here. Yeah, this is bullshit as far as I'm concerned. And baseball has got too much bullshit going on that way mm. for me to, to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, my problem with the uh, with them, well, outlawing the, strip, the, the shift outright is that there's they're saying that there's rules now that like the infielders won't even be allowed to touch like the outfield grass. Yeah, that's that's gonna cause problems. Of course, so I think I think those rules got have got to be tweaked a little bit. So why did they why did they bring these rules in? Ugh, I don't know. Well, that oh, one because people want balls in play. Because all you kids are it's all, on it's, video games. Everything goes real Well, hold fast. on, hold on, hold ah, on, hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. I think we can admit we talked about this a little bit before. Baseball, it's been a little bit of a problem where it's like too much of like an all or nothing thing. It's either like home runs or strikeouts. Agreed. I got that's, you there. That's been a problem. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. Launch angle and all that and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Sure. And they're even getting to a point now where they're adjusting ballparks. How do you adjust Camden Yards? <laughs> when, remember when they built Camden Yards? It was supposed to be the iconic ballpark. Every ballpark's like that. This is Field of Dreams. Yeah. This is Bill Durham. This is everything about baseball. And what do they do? They adjusted it for the hitters. Why? Because game's soft. Because they're soft. They couldn't do it. So hey, you're, you're a Tigers fan. They were like the first ones to adjust their uh, outfield walls. I wasn't happy with that, okay? <laughs> I wasn't either. And I'm an old school Detroit Tiger guy. I will admit that. I'll, like, I'll take that to my grave. But that's my point. Okay, my point is this. Well, there's also an aspect too of like you want to recruit like the big sluggers. If they're like, well, I got, I want to hit like X amount of home runs. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you another thing that's soft. Why can't pitchers go 200 innings? Well, you want their arms to fall off? Ah, oh, stop it! Bob Gibson threw five years in a row 300 innings. No, four to five, he threw 300 innings in one inning in one year. He pitched 289 because he he uh, what did he have? Uh, he wrecked something on his hand, so he missed two starts. So if he had had those two starts back, he would have had five years in a row where he would have pitched 300 innings. Mm -hmm. Ferguson Jenkins won 20 games in a row six years in a, won 20 games six years in a row. I hate the Baltimore Orioles. They were the last time they had four 20-game winners. Every guy pitched at least 250 innings, which gets back to my original premise. Better nutrition, better gear, better workout, better Gatorade, better girlfriends, better cars, and we got to be easier on them? Come on, bro. Well, it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of, like, people have discovered that, like, if it's a stronger bullpen is what makes a stronger team. So you got to rely Analytics wreck the game. Well, well. I'm going to go with that. Now, here's something I'm going to throw at you that you're not expecting, that this is really bugs me about baseball, and okay. nobody wants to talk about it. It's the baseball itself. Oh, the What kind balls? of ball are you going to get this year? So every year MLB says, oh, no. But, you know, you do realize that MLB and Rawlings – MLB kind of owns Rawlings now. Yeah. Okay, so when you're going to make the ball, what is it this year? Okay, we're going to make the ball so it flies out of the park. Like, you, okay, my biggest thing is, remember the Brady Anderson year? Yeah. Brady Anderson hit 51 home runs. The next year, the ball got changed. What, he never hit more than 30. <laughs> Come on. No, that's I agree. That's ridiculous. Okay, so now what are we going to get this year? Is the ball going to be made to... Um, what do you say to accommodate the parks or is it going to be there to accommodate the guy that can only go five innings because he can't see the three guys you know what's scaring me you're taking the human element out of the game 
Yeah. And baseball is all about the human element. You know what I mean? It's it's the best team sport based on individual performance. Mano to mano. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know what I mean? You got a pitcher, you got a hitter. And it, it's going to be a reaction. Every time that ball goes, it creates the drama of the game. That's why I love baseball. So I don't like the fact that you got to say, oh, he's seen the pitcher, he's seen them three times. The third time up, he's going to get hit. Analytics says, says this. Okay, what about the game where you're on? Okay, you had a new girlfriend. She juiced you so good last night, you came out to the mound, you're ready to go. So your fastball is still doing that in the seventh inning. But the coach says, oh, no, the general manager, because who's really running the team? Oh, the GM. Okay, so the GM says, no, man, calls down the day, get that guy out of the game. He's throwing 87 pitches. Okay, then you bring in the guy, he brings in me. Bang, 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 innings over, we lose the game. I'm saying I want to bring the human element back. Okay. Well, I'm with you there. There should be a little bit more situational awareness to these managerial decisions. Really? When are they going to do it? This year? Oh, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying what I think should happen. 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there because now that um, the bases are bigger, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's the guys last change. Gonna, okay, so bases are going to be bigger. Guys are only allowed on certain places on the field. You got to be in the box at a certain time. I'm saying that baseball is a game of numbers. Okay, it's been the game of numbers since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. What are you doing now with the matrix of baseball that you've added all those things? You know what I'm saying? It's it's going to be interesting to see how the game shake out. It's definitely going to be an adjustment period for the first month, month and a half, I think. But isn't baseball baseball? Ball. You get up, you want to get home, <laughs> you run around the bases, sometimes you err. These guys are sometimes creatures of habit, rabbit. though. If you tr- throw off one little thing in the formula... Okay, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm going to get back to my original premise. I think that everything got, society's gotten soft, and it's, it's seeped into the games that we love, including baseball. That's my point. First of all, you've, you've, you've got to you, – you, first, first of all, what are you doing with the ball? That's my big thing is about the well, – what, 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 what are you doing with the ball this year? We don't know. Remember, um, was it last year or the year before? And every pitcher said it. The seams were yeah. a little higher. Yeah. The, the seam on the ball was higher. They had less time. And remember, guys were throwing, looked like they were throwing at guys' heads? No. <laughs> they weren't used to that type of um, mm-hmm. lacing. So when they were going to release some of their balls, they lost control. It was going at guys' well, heads. I definitely think the league should be way more transparent about what's going on with the balls. Never. I don't think they will. No, I don't think they will either, but they, they fucking should. Of course. I mean, that's notice the game. Like, I have a guy, I, I was just seeing here, like, in, in, in my yearly thing, and God bless my son, he'll still laughing. Only old men buy baseball books. By men, that's what I hear through the grapevine. Only old men buy them. But I, I, I like to feel the My generation's not buying those. No, exactly. And I'm still buying baseballs. And oh, by the way, I got a couple more of those uh, year annuals. Maybe oh, nice. I got a couple more. I found a couple more. There's one thing I, I, I highlighted in one of those uh, magazines that. He gave me. I want to go through it with you. I think it'd be a lot of fun for a segment for the show. Okay, don't tell me now. Get no, me no, no. I wouldn't dare. Okay, that's good. But in any event, um, um, what we should be going. Uh, one thing that I'm looking at is before we leave this baseball issue is. Um, well, I want to talk about the bigger bases too. We only touched oh, yeah, upon that. Okay. So uh, the base is going from 15 inches to 18 inches. Um, so these actually reduced injuries in the minors significantly, which I think is the most important. That's why I'm a I'm. A big proponent of this one. I, I have, you know what? For some reason or another, even though I'm everything that I've just said, I don't want to contradict myself. I kind of like the concept of the bases being a little bit bigger. Okay, for the safety reason, number one, 
I like that. Yeah. Because, you know, I played softball for 25 years. Remember, what do we have? We have the safety bag yeah, and the inside first base, bag yeah. on first base. Why? For safety purposes. So I get it. Because Law you, of accidents at first base. Oh, you got it. So what did they do? They decided Baseball Canada or whatever said, let's, you know, you put you down the double bag. You got to run this way. You got to, because we all had to go to work. The next day after the <laughs> sure. game, okay? So we didn't want the injuries. But I, I really like that because it should cut down on those, the, the, like the twisted ankles getting there and all yep. that stuff, the extra step. But one thing I like about it is this. I think it's going to keep innings alive. And that's what you want. Everybody wants a little bit more offense. Yep. Everybody wants a little bit more, you know, they want it, everyone wants a little bit more video game. In their real life world, that's what I think it's boiling down to, especially in every sport. However, I, I, I like how many times do you see where they show the camera and the guy's sliding in there and he just gets touched, and all he needed was another two inches, another and inch, be, yeah, and it would have been safe. So I think that if you're going to bring up more offense, because you're doing everything for the pitchers anyway. You know what I mean? You're getting 16 relief pitchers to pitch to one guy, so the analytics yeah. say all of this stuff too. And it's interesting because I seen Theo Epstein on MLB Network the other day, and he was discussing the rule changes. And I have to say that, as I say about Steph Curry, who's the good, the bad, the ugly about baseball, so is Theo Epstein. <laughs> He's the good, and the bad, and the ugly. You know what I mean? He was the one that, I mean, everyone talks about uh, Billy, Billy Bean. But no, Mon but he turned around the Red Sox. And not no no wait a second this guy's going to go down as one of the greatest executives in, in oh the in, Cubs too and the Cubs and now he works for the league why is that because he knows the inside out he knows he even admitted that he he, he thinks that they took analytics a little too far mm, that's interesting yeah he you know he didn't say he kind of like danced around it oh yeah, yeah 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 he danced around it in a big way and saying oh this is how it is this is how it is people should understand this about the game i'm just going to be uh get off my lawn guy and say hey guys just play your goddamn game and quit looking for excuses not to but i'm looking forward to that time in the seventh inning of the big game with the 22nd thing i'm dying to see what's gonna happen there oh yeah there's definitely gonna be some uh some big moments in uh But in the first every month, game, month it's changing. Half. In college basketball, I mean, college football, you see they want to change the rule about letting the clock run after mm. the first down and stuff. And I, I look, college football is college football. Uh, NFL is NFL. It's two different games. Oh, totally. Okay, so why do you want to keep adjusting the game so that it'll look more this way? No, keep them separate. That's why college is college. That's why NFL is NFL. That's why CFL is CFL. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep, I agree. What uh, you, go ahead. I was going to say that this MLB uh, little thing that they put out, this little pictograph here, pictogram, uh, it, says, it just says what to expect. So 8,000-plus games in the minors. Testing in the minors led to quicker games, fewer strikeouts, and more stolen bases. I like the more stolen bases. Like I said, it, it'll speed the game up. Now, before we go, because we are in Toronto, what do you think of the prospects of the Toronto Blue Jays this year? I mean, I think they'll definitely be in the playoffs. Whether or not they're division winners is... I think if they don't make the playoffs, the season's a failure. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Because they, they are considered... I, I have now seen, and it's always Toronto in every sports because God bless America and all the other bullshit, but um, I, ha I keep MLB Network on religiously, and I think I've heard more... Blue Jay chatter this year than I've seen in years. Since what? the, the Since... Um What's his name? I'm blanking on the Canadian GM that they had. Oh, uh, Anthopolis? Anthopolis, thank you. Yeah, Where he took those big swings with uh, the Mets and the Marlins, those trades. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that was the last time they got uh, 
big media coverage from the states, which, which kind of makes me nervous that they're paying attention to us now. I've heard a couple other people say that. Why are we nervous? If we've got the team, then we should do it. Now, my thing is, is I'm going to be wondering about the rotation. That's my question. I mean, our top four is pretty... I mean, you're hoping for a bounce back year from Barrios, obviously. Oh, no, I think Barrios is going to be fine. And, and, I hope. And, and, and Manoa and Glossman, that's, that's, that's... We got Bassett, too. And we got Bassett, too. That was a nice pickup. He's I know who you're worried about, our, our potential number five who uh, just grew a beard. Ah, oh, come on. Kaguchi? Can Kikuchi. I even say this right now? Kikuchi. You know what? I'm. You know what? If he comes in and wins 12 games... That would be amazing. If you he think wins, he's going to win 12 games? I, I think he's out of the rotation by June. Unless he does yeah. something completely different. You know what's keeping him in the league? It's because he's a lefty. Oh, yeah. That's the main reason he's, he's here. He's only lefty on their uh, projected starting staff. Exactly. But what, what, and what's that going to do for us? The guy has, you know what, as, as someone said, if his ERA is under four, we'll be good. That's a win. That's a win if he's under four. And he's got to pitch 175 innings. I think his ERA is going to balloon well over four and a half, though. That's my prediction. Oh, gee. I think even into the fives. Okay, so that means that what, what we're going to be worried about with this guy is the fact that he's going to tax our bullpen. Uh, yeah, that was his M.O. last year. You know what I mean? Like, how many times we got to let this guy get out there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we got a strong bullpen this year by the looks of it. But, like, I mean, you don't want to stress him out, especially early on in the season. I'm going to tell you this much. I don't know about anybody's bullpen until I see games played. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can say, you know what I mean? People tell me I have nice hair until they touch it. Okay, so then that whole go that goes out the window. So until I see people on the field actually playing and throwing the ball, now do I do I think that the bullpen looks good? Of course, I think it's a nice additives, and I think that they changed the the uh, clubhouse culture. Yes, which is yes. which is huge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, they got a few guys out of there that uh, I don't know how you want to put it. Okay, but. so let's let, let's talk about the elephant in the room. If there's too many. Latino players in your clubhouse, do you lose? I mean, <laughs> so, uh, I don't so want to go topic. there because I'm not going to differentiate or suddenly sound like I'm racist or whatever. But it seems that every team that loads up on the Latino players, something goes wrong in the dressing room. First of all, there's a language barrier. So if yeah. everybody on this side of the dugout speaking this language and every side of this. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. There you go. So my thing is this. What really changed it for me, and I know you want to talk about Bichette's contract, is that what really changed it for me, and I didn't think, I thought you might have known about this, is that one game last year where he hit the home run in the seventh inning. Yeah, like, I don't remember that. Yeah, in the seventh inning, that. and they were losing by five or six, and he came in, and when they went to give him the home run jacket, he brushed it off. Mm -hmm. That's old school as it gets to oh, me. Yeah. You know well, I mean, I mean, if you're down, it's like the, whatever, you're down in hockey, like 5 nothing. you score the goal. You don't, like, fucking, like, go up and celebrate. You're like, okay, whatever, like, fist bump the bench. And, and go, and go yeah. sit down. Yeah. Get your ass down. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. No, I, I like that from Bichette. I do and too. I don't compliment him too much. You know that. I, I know you don't. But the bottom line is, I look at it this way. It, there, the number one thing, and it goes back to Jim Leyland, Sparky Anderson, even Roberts in L.A. now says there has to be a certain kind of chemistry in your dugout for you to go to a, through a 162-game season and win. Mm -hmm. If you don't have – that's a lot of time. Guys are coming to the ballpark three hours before game time, 162 games a year, travel – the whole enchilada. So if you don't have some kind of solid chemistry, like, okay, we've had the, back in the days, 
wherever Reggie Jackson played, you know the dugout was going to be a mess because he had Reggie. But there's um, winning. Winning will cover everything. Oh, of course. Okay, so but if you start not winning and you had a problem because we had some stretches last year where um, we lost games that we shouldn't have lost. And why did we lose them? Because these guys didn't learn how to play defense. Our corner defense in the outfield was absolutely brutal. And why? Yeah. Because sometimes when you're getting down into those leagues, and I don't want to diss or, how would you put it, um, be derogatory. Sure. But let's go down to the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and stuff like that. What's the priority on those guys there? Oh, you hit your way off the island. You hit your way off the island. That's how it works. So what about defense? <laughs> Secondary. Okay. Maybe even tertiary. Who knows? Point well taken. Yeah. My take on the matter is this. If you don't play defense, you don't win in any game that you play whatsoever. If you don't play defense, you're not going anywhere. Agreed. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So I think that the biggest thing about the Toronto Blue Jays is, and it should help our new bearded Gugucci, is that their defense. <laughs> How'd you say that again? <laughs> I don't even know how to say his name. Every time he comes out there and he's got that weird funky delivery. I mean, that's the least of my concerns about him, but... Okay, I'm just saying this much. Maybe the defense will save him a bit more. Because there was a couple God, games I he hope. pitched to his fly balls with our good guy, Tosker Hernandez. His first step is in. The ball's already going over your head, buddy, and your first step is going forward? Or what was it? Uh, Gurriel in the other field. Even though I'm, I'm worried about Gurriel being traded, that guy could hit 330 a hun this year. His bat, well, yeah, but he's got... An inconsistent bat for one, and like the defense just wasn't. There. Oh, the defense is horrible. You know, the especially thing about, like for left field, like a lot of balls are coming your way there. Oh, of course it is. But you know what? Another thing is about playing in in Latin America is the other thing besides hitting is what they all love to do. They all love to show they got the big cannon arm. Oh yeah, that's the. Oh, he's got the, both those guys had an arm. Huge arms. They could throw it all over the park. It's just they couldn't catch the ball. Like how many times last year have you seen that play where what a throw to the third baseman? Well, you should have caught the fly ball in the first place. Should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had to make a spectacular play because you screwed up. You know, you tied your shoes together, went, bounced off the wall, picked up the ball, threw a gun to third base, and oh my God, he got an assist. Shouldn't have gotten an assist for that. No. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, he bailed himself out, essentially. So before we leave this spring training talk, we're going to be talking a lot about the Blue Jays, and we're going to talk about next week before the season starts our projections. Let's get spring training going a few times to see who's going to be playing, who's not. The big talk about Scherzeiser and Verlander being back together. Yep. Um, did you hear the owner of the San Diego Padres? He's basically saying we're winning or nothing. Oh, boy. It, that, that was really off the chart. Here we go. Okay, so that was pretty cool. But um, And the Jays have some interesting decisions to make in terms of uh, like who to play in left field, who to play at second base. Agreed. Because I see a lot of people projecting Whit Merrifield, which was a surprise to me. I thought oh. I thought that was Espinal's job to lose, honestly. But if Espinal's not playing in the infield, I'm already freaking. I'm freaking. As a matter of fact, can we just do this? Move him over to short and say, "Hey, Bichette, go over to second. That's my You're preaching call. to the choir. Exactly. You're preaching to the that, choir. So let, let's go down to Dunedin and say, "Listen, no disrespect against Bichette." Okay, nothing. But he'd be a better second baseman. Hundred percent. You know, so why is no it, shame in that? In, okay, exactly. You're still going to be an everyday starter. In Major League Baseball on a team that's contending for a World Series. Yep. So what more do you want? Go to second base, and you just got your three years. Now, I'm, here's where we, you and I differ. What's your take on the Bichette contact? I think he just signed his way out of town. Oh, damn. I thought it was, I thought it was respecting the man. Okay, so he doesn't have to go. He's not Now he will not be arbitration eligible. No, he's not. Okay, because that's what we're saying. We think of you so much, we don't want you to go to arbitration. 
Yeah, I mean, but that could, that's just like arbitration. Just uh, from what I hear, these arbitration hearings, it just like muddies the water, though. Oh, big time! And you know what? I, I really going back to the past. So I think the Jays are just saving some themselves some headaches. But that's what it looks like to me. Isn't that the history of the Toronto Blue Jays? Going uh, back to Pat Gillick, I think. Yeah. I'd I, like to know the numbers. I think they've had the f- least amount of players. Go to arbitration? Well, yeah. That'd be interesting. I, we should uh, look into that. We should. Because every year, like, when do you see anybody? I'm, I'm talking going back to the 80s. They've never had guys really go to arbitration. That seems to be their M.O. And, and, and then, you know what? I think that does, that's better for morale. You know what we're talking about? Oh, the chemistry, of course. You know? Like, uh, going to uh, one of your favorite shows on the radio, Overdrive. Oh. Jeff O'Neill says that, like his arbitration hearing with uh, Jim Rutherford and the Hurricanes was one of the worst experiences in his hockey career. I, I heard that. He's like they were trashing him. No kidding, because you know why? He was slow and he wasn't playing defense. <laughs> they forgot he scored 40 goals that sure. year. He's, remember he scored 40? That was yeah. the year he scored 40. That was his biggest season, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. he was 40 goal scorer just that one time. That one time. And then he went into arbitration and they kicked him. <laughs> But you know what? It's like any other thing in life. If you're going to save money, and there's two sides to the game, and everything oh, comes back to money. Everything. Oh, it's a money game. In, in every sport, every time. Cash is king. Cash <laughs> is king. I've seen that on, on the F1, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, definitely, uh, I, I believe this. I don't want anyone to go to arbitration because, like you said, it, it, then all of a sudden that guy brings that attitude to the clubhouse. Yep. So one bad apple is not a good thing. And especially with the Jays who are considered, like, everywhere I'm turning. Uh, the, the, the Big contenders. They're contenders. they they got to be considered one of the teams in the league. And with the improved defense, picking up the extra starter and hoping the guy with the beard can get go through five innings on every start would be a good good way to look at it. I'm excited to see Dalton Varsho. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Uh, can't hit. Hmm. We'll see. Okay, maybe you know what it is. I've heard this, too, and it's happened to so many players in the league. I mean, well, he's coming into a more hitter-friendly ballpark, oh, though. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to come on. He's he's at the Rogers Center now. Yeah. Whole new bag we, We've of seen how Josh Donaldson transformed his numbers coming from Oakland to Toronto. I'm saying that Chapman's going to have a 40-year, 40-home run year this mm, year. I don't know about that. Oh, for sure. I think that he was a little because it was his first year in and he overplayed a bit. Is this his second year with Toronto? Yeah, it is. Okay, so I think that he... Um, you know, sometimes when an athlete gets into a new situation, they try too hard. Now this year, you think that over- was it? I think so. Yeah, he okay. overplayed a few times, overswung a few times. First of all, he should be more pissed because he didn't get the Gold Glove, mm-hmm. which was absolutely insane. Well, the defensive analytics weren't in his favor. Just throwing it out there. Uh, okay, but I'm. I'm is it- <laughs> My favorite word, analytics. Anyways, I thought at the key times during the games, he made the big plays. He's got a big arm. Had a he few does. Errors, but I, I, I'm saying he's going to hit 40 home runs. I'm also saying that I think that the Jays can win the division. That's what I'm calling. I don't want the wild card. I'm thinking I'm going to win the division because I don't think the Yankees have enough pitching. I don't think the Red Sox are going to have enough pitching. And I think Tampa Bay is going to take a step back. Yeah, that's that all makes sense. I mean, the Yankees are the ones that really worry me, though. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be very strong. No. No. Although Baltimore is the oh, real real dark that, horse here. That's the one. That's uh, well, one. Is they come on strong that second half. And they brought everybody back, and they got a couple other prospects that are coming up. And they finished, like, right under 500, I believe, last year. Around there. They, they were in the race for the wild card till the— Till the very end, till almost. Till the very end. So that, that, yeah. that, that, that could be the sleeper team in the division because there's, uh, there's going to be no slouches. No. In the American lease as usual. But anyways, in the next couple weeks, uh, Mr. Milani and Mr. Cruz are going to have their annual— baseball preview episode 
Mm-hmm. So keep your ears out. Keep your eyes open. Anything you want to tell us about it? I can't wait to see the pitch count. And uh, how that, I mean, the pitch time. I can't wait to see the timing. The 22nd rule. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's it's going to be, be fun. Good. Okay. <laughs> uh, and a big shout out to uh, John Schneider, manager of the Blue Jays, for saving someone's life. That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely Given amazing. Given the Heimlich remo- uh, maneuver, maneuver at a restaurant. And got a beer. And got a beer out of it. That's amazing. I think that another thing that can't be understated, I want to welcome Don Mattingly to Toronto. Oh, hell yeah. If you're listening to The House That Happens, please welcome Don Mattingly. I will say seriously, in my old age, uh, he's one of my 10 favorite players of all time. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll put him at number 10. Have you seen Don Mattingly in his prime? He was the consummate baseball player. If it wasn't for a bad back, the guy would be in the Hall of Fame. For three or four years... I've heard that take before, yeah. Yeah, 100%. For three or four years, he was the best player in... They called him Mr. Baseball. Wow. He was the best... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, they called him Mr. Baseball. I think three or four years, in my opinion, he won MVP. Yep, he did. He He was the best player in baseball for three or four years, bro. The best glove at first base, hit all over the place. He was amazing. Please welcome... Um, Don Mattingly to the GTA, hopefully to the house that happens, and yes. hopefully one step further to the Shoeys Bar and Grill. <laughs> Absolutely. You know I just know Don Mattingly from his uh, appearance on The Simpsons mainly. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty cool. See what they, Mattingly, see, cut those sideburns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because then they got in trouble too with his yeah. haircut with Steinbrenner yeah, yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Don Mattingly, welcome. We'd like to bring to the table Mr. Peter Ross. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're going to give you a little bit of a credentials here. First uh-huh. of all, he thinks he knows something about football, but we'll discuss that later. Um, I know quite a bit about well, football well, and its history, too. Okay, that's good. Like See, but we're, 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 we're going to get that later in the thing. But right now... NFL and CFL. So. Yeah, we're, we're going to... Um, we'd like to bring you in here because we want to talk about... Uh, this is the uh, hockey portion of mm-hmm. our show right. and of course if you've ever been on the show there's one thing I've been, I've been saying earlier in the year and now I'm backtracking a little bit mm-hmm. because Mr. Milani here if you slap him hard enough leaves will fall out of his ears oh that's that's too bad okay you know and especially around playoff time that's really oh, bad buddy. you don't have to remind me okay we're not going to gang up on him because I sent I sent him a depends uh, yeah, text recently, there, there, but we yeah, won't talk about that anyway. Oh, I told you I got my depends I, ready for I the playoffs. I cracked up when I seen that. I fell off the couch <laughs> laughing. But in any event, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty in the NHL right now. Yeah. Um, things are getting tight. Really? But the first thing we like to talk about, because we are the house that happens and we're in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mr. Milani, when is your team going to start stop losing stupid games to bad teams? Are you talking about Chicago? Ah, uh, Columbus. Well, Chicago's, uh, Columbus, sure, but like Chicago's been on a little bit. They're one four in a row. Stop it. So what? Four Patrick Kane looks like a man possessed. That's they beat Dallas. Is. They beat Vegas. They beat Toronto in that stretch. But, okay. But you see, the, the the thing, the problem is not the regular season. In the regular season, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I even even as a died in the wool Habs fan, like the owner of this place is, we're both big Habs fans. I've been lifelong Habs fan. Um, the, the Leafs' problem is the postseason. They're fantastic in the regular season. Okay, well we're going to. And they're a great example of 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 just of of on ice entertainment in the regular season. It's in the postseason where they lose, where they forget how to play. Okay, and hold on. Okay, I'm going to keep that in mind because, by the way, this is a house that happens. You know, you do know that we keep Habs tabs on the Habs. Oh, of course, that's of what course. we do. So I want to hold that thought for a second because mm-hmm. I want to get back to Mr. Milani here. We've been arguing about this the last couple of weeks. Okay. 
okay? And what I'm thinking about that is that you can't lose those games because my opinion is this. What's going on with the team? This is when you're supposed to be peaking. You can't take a night off. Now, listen. Did you see the game last night? Uh, I did not. I okay, out. Minnesota checked them to death. It was a very entertaining hockey game. But when you got uh, the, the scoring power that Toronto has, they only got one goal last night. Uh, what's the goalie's name on uh, Minnesota? Augustafson. Uh, Augustafson, yeah. He had a great game. Yeah. It was a highly entertaining game. It went both ways. My guy, Kiprasov, looked amazing. Oh, what was his name? Great. Is Samsonov? Is, is, is Kip, no, Kipper, uh, Kipper Kip, still around? No, the no, guy, no, the guy in Minnesota, the, the, the forward. Okay. Oh, Kaprizov. Kaprizov. That's yeah. it. Okay. Anyways. Oh, that guy's flying, man. Oh, he, he was, he was made, him and Austin Matthews were the two best players on the ice last night, even though Nylander got the overtime goal. Yeah. My theory is this. You know why Nylander is having the season that he's having? Because he plays with Matthews. 100% <laughs> unadulterated. Don't you agree now? You know what it is? It gives him open space. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Like more than I've seen. And last night, he got the overtime goal, but Nylander had three or four glorious opportunities. He got robbed. And I'm thinking that right now, Austin Matthews is the best 26-goal scorer in the league by far. <laughs> he might not even hit 40 this year. I think he's going to get 40. He's got enough games up. But did you I think I think he's going to like just miss 40. That's my prediction. But he's playing great. I, I, I don't, I don't care about the goal numbers, no, though. That's my point. He's, he is he is playing very well. I mean, I mean, um, you know, it, it takes time for people to really to really develop in a team and I think what 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 happened with uh what happened with that player is that uh he started off playing very well and then and then the whole like uh the whole contract dispute as we're talking about the, the, that whole thing was protracted and his father got involved and that takes your mind away from the game you really have to as a professional athlete you you have to be able to, to do something like that well, he's well Swedish. there are a lot of great well, uh, No, Matt no, Sundin, no, Swedish. no Matt reason Sundin, to get derogatory here. Swedish. Matt, Matt Sundin was one of the toughest and best What are you talking about? Let's get this guy out of here. This Matt guy's bringing up. We, we bring the guy to the great. table. First thing you bring up, Matt Sundin. Get this security. Get this guy out of here. Matt Sundin. You know what Matt, Matt Sundin, Sundin played for the Most Leafs. overrated player no. in the history of Toronto Maple Leafs. Sorry. Okay, I'm going to go back. We're going to research this right now. Most overrated in the history of the Leafs. Come on. You know what that guy do? No, he's not. Here's what he did. And you check the numbers. I'm going to look it up. Go check a season of Toronto Maple Leafs. Here's what Sundin did. He scored six goals in four games, disappeared for 10. Scored eight goals in five games, disappeared for 10. Go mm -hmm. check the numbers. The guy never okay. back-checked. He can couldn't I, play defense. Nah. Can I, can I, can I answer that? Nah, okay. nah. We don't even talk about Sundin, but go ahead. Let's get okay. back to Nylander. I, I just want to answer that quickly. I don't want to take a lot of time. Um, the fact of the matter is... When Did you win a Stanley Cup? When you, yeah, when, well, when you're playing you win the Stanley team, Cup as a team. Yeah, when you're, when you're playing... When you're playing with a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs and you don't and what you've got is spotty you've got a spotty team at best you're not going to be as consistent you're not going to you're not going to go 30 games and score a goal or score a point like 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 other players would on other teams the, did you hear what he are, just said I'm uh, did you hear are, what this guy just said Peter I'm going to eat you for breakfast right okay. now you go guys ahead. went to the conference finals those days with Sundin yeah, you guys had, and who was your goaltenders Cujo Okay, and 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 Ed Belfour. Who were some of your defensemen? We didn't go to the conference finals with Belfour, though. 
but you went with uh, Cujo. Cujo twice. Yeah. Okay, and with Sundin on the team. Yes, he was. Okay, so there you go. It's with with, the, with, did, with defense that was kind of being held together right. by popsicle sticks and That's glue, though. Oh, so he's saying but they it's didn't a team win, game. He's a they, team game. So I, win the Stanley I know, I'm agreeing with him. But they didn't but win the Stanley Cup because they weren't a good... You agree with him? Of course. No. They didn't win the Stanley Cup in those years like they never win because they're the Leafs, but they never win the Stanley Cup because they never have a good enough team, even though they might have they might have some 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 great pockets and some good star say, power. So yeah. some great star power, and there might be ten games or eight games here. You have to have the glue that holds it together. The Leafs never have any glue. Yeah. Okay, so when what it comes you're to the what we talk okay. about, Cruz, what we talk about mm-hmm. all the time. What would you rather have, that number one goalie or the number one D? We talk about the D. Did the Leafs ever have that guy? No, they there didn't. You but, go. They, but okay, but they had the front end. They had the front end. And what I'm saying is this: is that front Matt, ends don't win you championships, though. But, right. but but sometimes I'm going. Okay, we're going to discuss this about Carolina in a second. This is my point. Okay. Sundin was supposed to be your your go-to guy. Okay? How many times look at his playoff numbers? They were always down from his regular season numbers. I almost got punched out in bars. Because I used to do this. I used to stand up with the game on and I go, let's listen for Matt Sundin's name during the game. Oh, there we go. We you, admit, you admit, though, that the commentators are bullshit sometimes, though. Agreed. I'm not going to go there. But I'm, I used to go. I remember, guys, I'd be in Toronto, a great place called Subjunction, back when I worked at American Standard way back in the day. In any event, I used to stand in bars and say, let's see how many times that we hear Matt Sundin's name. Now, wait a second. He's the number one player on the team right. top 20 score in the NHL did be five six minutes of a hockey game you ever hear a hockey game you don't hear McDavid's name for, for six or seven minutes during it when he's playing oh but sure you could when no when, no I mean like, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you yeah you know so you wouldn't hear and I'd go hey guys and we heard Matt Sundin and I hear crew shut up man shut up <laughs> well, and I go hey let's listen for Matt Sundin's name again I think he's very overrated oh and you know what what a great guy is for the community when's he ever come back Where's he ever going to say? Because he's back in Sweden living like a king, and I give him That's credit his home, for that. Though. I yeah. give him, and, he's, and he got all the money up. I'm just saying that Matt Sundin, but, to me, I think that the Leafs should have got somebody okay. else instead. Let's, more let's, Dougie Gilmore's. Let's let let's go let's go with your thing let's go about with Nylander. leading uh, talking about Sweden. Now how now I'm a I'm a I'm a I can sort of a hockey historian. Let's take a look at how the Leafs have treated their alumni. In general terms, recently it's been a little bit better. Uh, you know as well as as I do. You're a Leafs fan, and I've lived in Toronto, born and raised in Toronto, but a Habs fan. The, the, one of the problems with the Leafs is they do not treat their they do not treat their alumni like, in historical terms. They have not treated their alumni very well. Okay, Number they one. had a Ballard two, issue. No, no, that's Ballard is that's even after, even after Ballard. That. He's right. Number two, yeah. number two, um, they don't do ceremonies very well. Whenever there's supposed to be a ceremony about a, a historical thing, they always get it wrong, and that's a part. That's a part of the culture of Toronto. That's a part of the mindset of Toronto. But the thing is, the mindset of the Toronto. The, the mindset, uh, the the mindset of the Toronto big business Anglo-Saxon culture is that hey, you know what, you know what, buddy, you do your work and then you get out of here, right? Like that's uh, a, I that think is, that's that bullshit. Is, no, that's total that's, bullshit. That's, Toronto that's Maple Leafs alumni is one of the best in the league right now. Recently, yeah, but that's, recently. that's a recent thing. Recently. That's not since Rogers okay. and Belt took over. Recently, okay. only recently. Uh, only I don't recently. know. I'll argue that it's recently. It's always been garbage. It's, it's always been garbage. because of the Ballard era. No, I'll just say it's the Ballard era. When, okay, when, then tell me this, guys. Why does everybody want to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Because of the moolah that they can make. That's nuts because everyone loves Toronto. Yeah. 
Come on, stop no, no, it, no. guys. The moolah Let's you can make here. Let's go back to Gary here. Roberts. The moolah Serge, you can get make back here. here. Come back here. Get in here, Serge. I'm going to tell you this much. Go Good Look point. at Shane Corson. Mm-hmm. Look at Gary Roberts. Older guys. Okay. Older guys who came here for a big because payout. Because they couldn't. No, they didn't get the payout. They did. They well, came here because they wanted well, to. They agree? Wanted to come here and, and they won no, nothing. No, I mean, they won nothing. Hold on, hold on. They and got they the won bag, nothing. too. Don't lie. That's right. That's right. And they won nothing when they came. Gary Roberts came here from Calgary where he won the one Stanley Cup. Carolina, Nothing. Carolina. Okay, Carolina. Carolina. Ron Francis at forty-one, and yeah, he loves Toronto. Did he win anything? No. So, so, so a lot of these guys you're talking about who came at the end of their careers came here and did nothing. Okay, but we're not it talking about fault. that. We're talking about the culture of the team. Yeah, the if the culture, culture the is that sucks. bad, why do people want to play in Toronto? Because so badly, these guys, guys want to finish their career in Toronto, and not because the money, money they want to come the here. Money. Watch Tavares. Tavares is going to be my point. When Tavares' contract comes up, okay. he's going to he's going to he's going to do a, a sweetheart deal. He's going to do a yeah, sweetheart so deal. Come on. Yeah, because and, people want and, Serge. Come on. And, after the big so what? <laughs> but he got the big pay. But he deserved it at the time. And, I'm not okay. saying he did it. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm saying, and That's I'm not, nice. I, what am I doing defending the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, I know. Starters? You're defending them. Like, Why are you awful. defending their alumni? The worst alumni Because all you hear <laughs> ever. is good. No, no. not Okay, I will say in the Ballard era. No. Now it's good. Now it's now great. It's the good. last 10 years, they the, say the it's the best in the league. No. No, it's not. Montreal's is the best. Montreal's the best. is the best. We know yeah. that. Biased. Oh, no, Boston is <laughs> no, good too. The Boston, no, the Boston <laughs> alumni. Hey, the LA Kings treat their players. And the LA they Kings do. too. They They're do. another Boston good one. They're I heard uh, St. Louis has a really good and alumni association. St. Louis is a great alumni. Yeah. So, so yeah. those are teams there too. Yeah. Now I'm saying this is part of the problem with the Toronto mm-hmm. Maple Leafs is is because of the Ballard Stavros days and Stavros, the teachers yeah. union being involved. That's right. So they really screwed up a lot. What was oh, going yeah. on? So yeah. once they moved that aside, and they could mm-hmm. get back to which we should give a lot of credit to more credit to Brendan Shanahan than people should. The problem oh, yeah. is, until you guys win a playoff yeah, series, that's right. They then won nothing's going to change. That's going to be. So but- they haven't won a playoff series. So so the whole thing about players, when you're talking about players coming, wanting to come here at the end of their career, they they're wanting to come here and stay at the end of their career because they're going to get money and they're and it's going to be and it's going to be easier on them physically. I think that's one of the reasons I, I why they're agree. coming. Well, I don't well, agree yeah, with that. But the, but they have a, but the proof is in the pudding. These guys who you say come here at the end of the career. They they haven't produced anything here, and they haven't. And for the last the few years, they haven't. Even okay, won. they got on Traveris. Let's look at this seriously. Okay, we have a salary cap situation now mm-hmm. in the NHL. So let's cut right. to the chase on this. Right. There's a lot of guys along the league that would have played here. You know, Kachuk would have came here. Huberto would have came here. Who's the guy that went to Florida? Kachuk. Kachuk. Um, uh, Johnny Goudreau. Uh, yeah. But the problem with mm, no, they would have come here. The problem with this is I'm right now with the Dallas. I'm not sure if he would, but there's a couple other defensemen. They were t- I read an article about this, but here's the problem: it's the salary cap. So Toronto yeah. has the big four. Yeah. Okay, now that they have the big four, you just can't bring in another guy. But whose fault is that? That's, that's their no, fault. No, no, that's but not that, but, their but that's fault. That's the least fault. That's the least How's the least fault when you got a well, salary cap? Well, look, how's the least fault? No, but, I, sir, I, I'm with you on this one. Like it's it's a salary cap. Like your the league basically punishes you for yes. drafting, developing well. Of 100%. That's look, a big problem with the, the salary cap. Look, look, it, it broke Chicago. It's like it sent LA. Tampa Bay. No, no, LA. It sent Tampa Bay a few can, steps can back. Can we go back a few steps? It broke Chicago. Didn't Chicago win three Stanley Cups in five seasons? And where are they yeah. now? No, no. But hold on a second. No, but so is that no, the payoff? Hold on a second. In, in, in the recent, the last ten, in the last fifteen years, didn't Chicago win the Stanley Cup three times? LA won yeah, it no, twice. No, did they? Yes. Okay. Did the Leafs win it at all in the no. last fifteen? Okay. So the Leafs. So the Leafs are. How so did Chicago win? Bro, bro. 
cut, cut back here. Mm-hmm. Come back here. Let's get to mm-hmm. our original premise here. Right. When Chicago won the four, guess what? And this is why the Leafs are smarter than Chicago, okay? They went all in with these big guys, gave them the mad salaries, right. okay? And then went, these salaries went on for years. Yes. Okay, so guess what happened is they had nowhere to fit pieces in. You know what Toronto okay. has done, which is just amazing? They've learned to fit the guys in underneath. If you look at this Toronto team right now, and I can't believe I'm defending your team, Melanie. <laughs> I'm not okay, okay, but anyways, <laughs> look at their look at their two lines below. They got O'Reilly in. Why did they get this O'Reilly guy in? Because Dubas is a freaking genius when it comes to salary no, caps. I'm sorry, he's. Oh, Doido. how can you say that guy? Doido. Oh, Doido. I, I, I don't know, bro. Come on, no. he, he got this O'Reilly guy in. He made a deal with Minnesota. Where they took oh, my buddy, that's a Minnesota fan is so pissed about that. It have to be good. I mean, that, that's... Except for, they're already, like, pressed up against the cap. Okay. Like, oh, we'll take a fourth-round pick exactly. for $2 million. Some, And you know what? That's, well, that's my... Okay. I'm trying to get Pete to understand so, okay. this. No, I, I, I am, I'm trying to understand. If you the, win the, the Stanley Cup, it's worth it. No, but hold on a second. Hold on a second. They, they, you're, you're saying, well, the Leafs have done this. They've done these amazing things. Chicago made it pay off by winning three Stanley Cups in a span of four years or, or five, five years. Five amazing. Years. Okay, six years. So, so LA, yeah. six years. Yeah. So, so they won. They made it pay so off. It the it. Leafs never make anything pay off. Okay, so we're okay, going to. Okay, now, now, and if I it agree. Does this year, I agree. If it, if it does this well, they year, they got to win a I'll playoff round. Okay. T- no, I'm not taking they back go the conference finals. No, no, no. They got to go to conference finals. What have I been saying all year? What I'm saying is, I'll take it back. If the Leafs win the Stanley Cup, I'll take it all back. But I don't. I don't think they're going to win the Stanley I Cup. I don't think they are either. And, and and the fact of the matter is, all these wonderful moves and these wonderful little things add up to nothing. And, oh, and they, they, they don't win. Okay, they don't win. Okay, okay. Let's talk about it this way. Uh, okay, when Chicago was winning all those Stanley mm-hmm. Cups. Toronto was missing the playoffs. Yes. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, For 10 years, right? Remember you remember that? Yeah, 10 okay, years? Okay, I remember. We got it. We got I remember. It. Okay, we, those, I was watching every game in those years. Okay, so now let's backtrack. Now let's build upon this, okay? So the model seemed to be what L.A. did and what Chicago did. Mm-hmm. It paid off. You get yeah. the chip, it's a payoff. Sure. I got it, okay? Yeah. So now, what is your option now to your fan base? You had all of this glory for so many years, and now you can't even get a sniff at the playoffs. So hold on one mm-hmm. second before I continue. Mm-hmm. The idea of a team is to build so that you are yes. consistently involved in the game. Look at our Montreal Canadiens. Yes. We're an up and down team. Yes. We get really good. We're up and down. We should build more. So yeah, what I'm saying is do. this. In five years from now, the Toronto Maple Leafs are still going to be a contender. I'm going to say Chicago will be rebuilding to get back there. So they got their Stanley Cups. So well, where are they going to be in that space? Now, here's something I'm really going to puke all over my shoes about <laughs> when I say this is that the template should be the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they haven't but won like, the well, Stanley Cup. Like, but no yeah, one else. Can, how do you get those guys to like take those like those pay uh, pay cuts? Let's just call them. I like heard those. they pay them in the minors more. Is that a, a rumor? Mm, yeah, but you can only pay so much guy, and like I don't know about that. Well, There's something about the, how they where yeah. they get all these defensemen. They I don't know. in the system and they brought them up. Well, they traded for a few of these guys. Two of them, but they go. They yeah. got them when they were really young. But so playing, I, I but mean, playing they're, for they're, the Bruins school. for many people is like like I grew up as a defenseman, and and uh, even though I'm a I'm a Gila Fleur fan and a, I hate and a, Bobby and, and, and a Montreal <laughs> a Montreal Canadiens fan, um, Bobby Orr. The reason why like I started to play defense when I started to play because I really. You know, I really didn't have much of a set. I, I, I had never played organized hockey, so I started to play defense. Bobby Orr was my first was my first defensive hero, and I bought Victoriaville. I had my dad get me Victoriaville sticks 
just because of Bobby Orr. So, 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 so I mean, there is a there is an aura around playing in Boston. There is a sports culture there, One and, of the best a, lot of people, in and a lot of America. people. Like, We're not yeah, going to deny and, that. And, and, and a lot of people like a lot of guys would rather play there. It has the mixture of history. Of, of, of a working class ethic mm -hmm. and still being somewhat world class. It's not on the level of New York they got or Chicago. It's kind of like a tier two. Yeah, North yeah, American tier two. Yeah. But it is, it but it be is. Tier one. But it has, it. yeah, but it has so much of its own aura okay, and culture. Okay, so now you're just, you're, you're, playing, you're, like you're playing right into my hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Toronto doesn't have that? Mm, in a different way. <laughs> no, 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 no. In, in no, you're, you're getting a, it now. In, That's in, what I'm a different, in a different the way. The Shanahan era should be positive, okay? In, in a different so, way. Okay, so now in let's get way. back. Let's take this full circle. What we're bringing up is a play of Nylander. Yes. Okay? That's okay. how we got started on here in Matt well. Sundin, and we got way <laughs> off. Career season. Okay, and we, and we got way off track yes. here. Yes. Because my premise is this. I agree. If Toronto doesn't win a playoff series this year, yeah. oh my God! I don't even want to think about what oh, happens. Oh my God! You're going to be depressed. Yeah, you're going to beat your new girlfriend. But even, <laughs> oh, don't say that. but even, oh, but sorry. even if Stephanie, that's a joke. But even, that's a bad. But joke. even, but even if they do win one series, they have to get at least to the conference final to make any of this worthwhile. Hundred percent. If they, if they, if, if they, if they win, like, like, let's say they win four games. Let's say they play Montreal this year and they win four games to nothing. They, they, they. They, they just they just crucify the abs, which everybody will be happy, and they and they lose in that second round. Man, people are going to be putting foots up behinds mm -hmm. for I'm, sure, I'm not, I'm and they will deserve that. that. I'm just yeah. saying that in my humble opinion, and I've been living in this city for 40 years, so and I'm a I big sports fan life. too. Okay, mm -hmm. and I've seen what's going on, right. and I'm saying this: I, I I'm a I'm a Detroit Lion disciple. I watch okay. how the city of Detroit did things, and they did all screwed up because sure. the Detroit Red Wings has got a weird culture. They've yeah. been up and down they've over the years, down, but they've and had well, they they prioritized uh, but they that had, playoff streak more than anything, and that's yeah. that was their downfall. Fall. Exactly, and that's what I'm getting. So my my thing is this: is I really think that uh, the Chicago was never built for the long term, but they got the chips. The the, the Kings were built were never mm -hmm. built for the long run, but they got the chips. Yes. So the chips is worth it because yeah. remember all the players that have to give up along the that's way right. that they keep dropping them. Yeah. What Toronto yeah. has done has built a team. Like, look at their last six forwards with Bunting, Kerfoot. These guys are all out there playing solid yeah, hockey, two-way hockey. You know what hockey, I mean? But Your not boy, in the playoffs. Oh, okay, well, that's this is this is the thing. But the what playoffs. happens is it, it's like in F1. Now that I watch F1, what it is, sometimes you build the car. You get knocked off the track. Yeah. But you keep building that car, to, and, and eventually you're going to get there because you're, you've decided this is how your foundation and this is how you're going to go forward. In my opinion, I see Toronto doing mm -hmm. that, and I see Toronto yes. as being solid for the next five or six mm -hmm. years. The only Giving thing themselves that more kicks at the can. You got it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, you got to get... Be, where, where but Peter, where you're right, where you're right, and I have mm -hmm. to acquiesce to that, is the fact that Chicago has the chips. LA's got they the chips. Yeah. So so you gotta do that. Yeah. But what you gotta do is you gotta look what you're gonna sustain along the long time. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden attendance is falling in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. But attendance is falling no, in LA. But hold on. A Toronto second. never has an attendance fall. Can I can I can I cut into that? Toronto is a Toronto is a unique situation. As I talked about the Toronto the Toronto business culture, Toronto has 
Toronto has uh, um, t- Toronto has made over the last 70 or 80 years a very strong connection with its corporate community. Mm-hmm. It, and, and since and since the Toronto Maple Leafs, what's that the, got to do with winning? Okay, that has everything. To, well, but that has everything they to do with won. hockey. Hold on, no, no, but but, that, but that's not what I'm not talking about the winning. What I'm saying is with the corporate community, they have formed. Um, they have they have formed. Um, they have they have formed what a lot of people call a corporate welfare system, whereas whereas uh, uh, whereas these whereas these corporate guys come in, uh, they pay the tickets, uh, whether and, and whether the Leafs win or not, it is a deal. It is a deal between the corporations and the Leafs um, that these men that these men will come and spend money. Uh, come and spend money with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and sometimes with their $250 an hour friends, um, close $250 an hour female friends, they might come in and spend, uh, they're going to come in and spend money. Other cities do not have that sort of culture, that sort of cult of business Mm -hmm. culture that Toronto has. And also Chicago, and also Chicago, in, in Chicago, the Blackhawks are not the number one thing um, in the city all the time. Toronto is oh, always the shot. number one. No. Not by the Bears are yeah, number yeah, one. The, the, Bears, yeah, the, the number one. Bears are number one. The, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs have always been number one, except for ex- except for a period from the late sixties until from the late sixties until until maybe the mid eighties when the Toronto Argonauts probably there added. Was, no, no, they were yeah. second place. The Argos no, were never first. No, they weren't. No, they, they were. No, no, nobody touched. I, I, can, I, I, I can, think no, but no, 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 way, no way. In that, in that. Here's proof in the building. In, in that time, in how that many, time, how many people showed up for the Toronto Argonauts in 1982? How many got The average, the average was forty thousand. Yeah, well, yeah, it was Maybe about forty thousand. Forty thousand. It was about forty thousand. What is the average Toronto Argo attendance? This no, last no, year. no. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, in that period, <laughs> well, no, he's saying, he's saying in, in that then. period, yeah. between 1967 and 1983, they were, uh, in fact, in fact, at many times, at many, uh, at many, at many sports banquets, because back then they used to have these sports banquets where Bobby Orr, where Bill Simons of the Argos, where Russ Jackson and those guys would show up, and in, and in, and in those days, in 1969-70, in a city like Toronto, uh, especially when the Argos were doing well. Bill Simons was more popular in Toronto than Bobby Orr was in those days. Now uh, there, so now, was never now there is now well, he wasn't. Now I, I don't, now I don't now know there is no that. no now stretch, now there is bro. now now there is no comparison. But in those days, but in those days, a guy like a guy like Russ Jackson was was many times the most popular athlete in Canada, whether hockey Palmatier, or not. Was Mike Palmatier popular? To a certain extent, but never, but never, but, <laughs> but never as popular. Everything. Yeah, but, but, but never. Mike Palmatier but was never more was, popular than Bill Simons. No, and not, my, not, and, not, but, not but Mike no, Palmatier was nobody. No way. Nobody. There's no way. First of all, the There's economics. absolutely no way. Mr. Milani, the economics of Mr. the situation, Ross. the ex- economics Ross. of the situation cannot. Um, yeah, no, they can, can be in, in that so era. Let's, let's get I'm right, talking let's about get that era, okay. but let's go okay. back. Let's, let's go back to, to what we're talking. We're getting a little bit. Yeah, we're, we, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we got to wrap this up. because I see the time. We don't have a lot of time. Go ahead. Okay, my my take on it is this, bro. I'm saying if you win the chip, that's great. So you so LA got the chip, Chicago got the chip. But here's what a lot of people are saying. Is it worth it that you run your car till it goes right off the cliff? Because then it takes yes. you forever to bring another car back. Yes. So what happens in the I, league? You you agree oh, with I agree. that? Because I agree because because you know why? LA because you know why? Ran them off the cliff. No, because because you know what? Toronto's uh, the not Chicago, doing that. The Chicago Blackhawks 
won last, before this last area with Patrick Kane and these guys when they won those Stanley Cups. When was the last time Chicago won the Stanley Cups? Does anybody remember the year? 1961. 1961. Who was their star player then? Uh, Stan Mikita and Bobby Hall. Stan Mikita, Bobby Hall, and the goalie was Glenn Hall. Yeah. And Pitt Martin. Okay. I don't know if Pitt Martin okay, was, no, a, he but was my, there. But my point is this. But my point is this. It was such a long time that, um, that it was necessary to get something done. Whatever the cost, they had not only well first of all they only won one Stanley Cup in that era mm -hmm. when a lot of people thought that they should have won two or three now the fact of the matter is they have had this they 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 have had in recent times a dynasty which people will remember and people will say okay look we might not we might not make the Stanley Cup playoffs for the next 20 years but the fact of the matter is we had a decade where we won three I and, don't and want when, that. when that happened do I do that? I do I want it. Uh, so you I, want I, I would rather give myself more kicks to the can. Oh, me uh, too. I'd, I'd yeah, rather that, win three in ten years, and then and then and maybe do for twenty years. Have a decade well, but, of misery. No, but that, but that is how things work in sports, guys. No, except no, for teams no, like no, so. no, except no, for teams no, no, like the Yankees. That means it doesn't that, work like that. No, that, that means you're no. a throw. You're throw a dice guy. Like, no, let's see what's going to happen. Yes, it is. No, no, no. I want my organization. Let me let me explain. No, no, no. I can't let you explain. We're running out of time, so be real quick, real quick. Okay, let me. Explain. My thing yeah. is, is that we're you you set up for five or ten years uh, a situation where this team for a decade is going to be a, contend a contender and win, let's say, three to five championships in whatever sport. Right? You set up that time, and it takes time to set up that time. And like everything that goes up, it must come down. Yeah, but you're not like, going to you're that, throw those three those three championships that you won in ten years, those nine playoff seasons, those great attendances. That's not going to continue for sixty years no, straight. I, I get that. It's not going like, to happen. Now. You can throw everything at the wall, and there's still no guarantee you're going to get a championship. <laughs> that though, that's the but problem. You have to do it. You have to do it so that, I don't so think that you so. can. I, so I, I don't think there's a smart way to run it. I yeah. think there's smart ways to run your hockey. Okay, club. Let, let, let's before we go. Let's just look at some of the examples here. The New England Patriots. Yeah. Okay. So they they they're twenty years into the game. Yeah, they're twenty years into Los the game, Angeles? but they're going to be down for quite a long time. Trust oh, me, the Patriots ain't so. winning. The Patriots are not going to have another dynasty, maybe ever. They the had NFL their time. Is designed, the NFL is designed yeah. not to have That's dynasties. Right. Yeah, but the so Patriots the did that, exactly. Yeah. And now it's looking like the San Francisco 49ers have been developing some kind of thing where they're they're going to continually be there. Mm, I think. I think 49ers. the. I, no, no, I don't They've think so. Three I think. I think championships. Well, Kansas. City. I think I think yeah, I, I think Kansas City is the one that's going to well, be for the next few years. Your players too, but yeah. I mean you're going to fall off the cliff after that. Yeah. I'm more of a proponent of believing that you build. You, you, you this is where you are. This is where you are. You, this is your foundation. And all I want to do is I want to change the windows or I want to get a new roof or I want to rebuild the garage or I want to do more landscaping. I don't want to have to build a new house every three years because you're always That's behind. exhausting. Exactly. Well, yeah. Don't you agree? But uh, yeah, I don't but, want to. But the fact of the matter is, but the fact of the matter is, if you get a decade where you can win three or four championships, that's amazing. That is that is that is something that is something that most teams will not do in a sixty-year span. So if you can, so if you can win four championships, or even or even one. let's say it, well, one. one, well, the least would be one. But let's say three. If you can win three or more championships in a in a ten-year span, you're doing something that most sports fans around the world and I know because I because I've 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 lived in uh, I've lived in Brazil I lived in Belo Horizonte and I've seen people whose whose soccer teams didn't win anything maybe didn't, never won a league championship 
All right, and and that's a sport, and that's a sport with that's a sport with relegation and and um, okay. And I, I, what do you call I, I it? Think, uh, so, we're getting into so, something completely. Yeah, different. Yeah, okay. but no, okay. But what okay. I'm okay. saying okay. is, what I'm saying is, you're 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 having a period of production. You need to produce something. Okay. You can't just sit and say, "Well, in hopes we'll have something." Next Nobody's year. hoping no. that Toronto Maple Leafs. But if you're throwing everything against the wall, no. you're still hoping, though. You're, yes. you're, not, you're, not, you're, you're not hoping. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you can produce what Chicago produced, I'm not saying anybody. I'm not. I'm just saying if you can produce what Chicago can produce, then mission accomplished. Okay, that's, that's great. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this. You, you talk about the money and the corporate situation mm -hmm. and all that. Every team in the league wants to have a solid foundation. Sure. Okay, not mm -hmm. only that, you want to be able to get on TV because you're a contender mm -hmm. and you want to have sponsorships. Yeah, when you are losing, things go away quickly. Sure. Chicago, not, not with Toronto. <laughs> no, but they're, they're an exception. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're an exception. There's, there's Toronto, there's the Yankees, there's the Dallas Cowboys, there's the Lakers. Yeah. There's certain, uh, yeah. what do you call them, outliers in yeah. every sport, Manchester United, yeah. who are still not there and stuff like that. Sure. The bottom line is this. If you don't have a proper foundation, you're That's not right. going anywhere. And That's I don't right. believe in that hit the wall and come back bullshit because what's going to happen is you're going to screw up your fan base, your corporate sponsorship's going to walk away because you're not going to win. Look at the F1. Yep. They lost. They said we out of here. Yeah, yeah. You but if you, but if you up, don't though. win, yeah, you but if you up. don't win for forty or fifty years, but you have a stable team, then you're still not winning anything. You're 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 no better off. You you oh, you have to you have to have know. championships. No no no. But but I, if I no no. But if the, the goal is championships, is, yeah, always then, always that's the ultimate. Go. However right. however, and I hate them. There's certain teams <laughs> that you have to respect because they weigh the bill they're going to be every year. Yeah. And you know the number one team you look at is that? Well, how, do, how do we figure out the Tampa Bay Devil Rays? Hmm. Well, uh, contending every year, right? Yep. Every yeah. year they're there. But uh, but uh, but I, from what I hear, South Florida, you're getting ten thousand people a game. So well, that's because <laughs> yeah. that, that oh, that's because of logistical reasons. Yeah, I know. I understand. I understand. But no, but also, and, and it's, it's also, also because Town. Yeah. Yeah. it's also because Florida has been so saturated with sports uh, oh, recently that has just it's knocked out. Thing. I'm only saying I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying Florida is a different situation because they've got many teams, uh, two hockey teams, two. Baseball team, okay. three football all teams. Only the last thirty years. Yeah, all in the last yeah. thirty years. Too much. Yeah. But I would rather have a team that contends on a regular basis. Anyway, Peter, we're going to have you back another yeah, time. Definitely. But we'll, we, we'll, we'll discuss this we, further. We weren't able to get to a lot of the hockey talk we wanted to get to. We weren't sorry, able to get to. No, 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 no. no, 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 no that was a good conversation. Yeah, very good. Conversation. Don't make any apologies. No, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So we didn't get to that. We got to get to that next week. Toronto FC. We had some things to talk about. And uh, Formula One, I know you've been watching. Okay, so I, I want to go out. I want to go out the door on this, and we were talking about the development of sports. Do and it I'm quick, saying, we don't have okay, much time. Okay, well, in the history of games, we talked about this earlier in the show, where Mr. Milani said that people should learn the history of the game because then you appreciate yes. when you take it forward. I have never been an F1 fan, and we want to do it. And, and Mr. Milani said he wanted to bring some of the F1 to our show. Mm -hmm. So what he did is he says, Cruz, go take a look at the history of F1, which is right in front of me in a call, show called Drive to Survive. At least thought, the last few years. The last yeah. few years. Anyways, I have I, well, I knew Aaron Sen, I knew Nicky Lott, I knew Jackie Stewart, I'll call that kind of stuff, but what it has done for me is that I've gone in, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting this to everybody, Mr. Milani, which is very true, is that now that I've watched these, this, these four seasons, I'm going to watch the fifth season, I'm going to be paying attention to the first F1 race this year. March 5th. March 5th, yes. In, in Bahrain. In Bahrain. And I'm going to be watching because what I've understood is that I've never understood the culture or mm -hmm. the development of the game that you were talking mm -hmm. about, Peter. Yeah. And now that I've learned some history, you appreciate more. 
And that's what I'm saying. We are talking about history here, and we will bring this back later. I want to thank Mr. Peter Ross very much thank for coming Thank you for having again. me, guys. I really appreciate being You'll here. You'll be on back. You'll be on again. We'll, we'll, we'll have you on so. again. We'll, we'll give you another so. take a look at it. Thank Mr. Milani, I want to tell you that I hope I didn't insult your girlfriend. <laughs> that's all so. I'm going to do. Yeah, tell her don't, Stephanie, yeah this sort of physical thing. No, I, I, I think that we got to go ahead because I really <laughs> wanted to bring up that I thought nothing wrong with uh, uh, Tiger Woods handing Justin... Thomas A. Tampon. And now it's time for the House That Happens Weekly Trivia brought to you by the proprietor of the only place to be in suburban Tobacco, Suey's Bar and Grill. Sir, can you service, service up some trivia, bro? Yes, yes, yes. So let's just go for right to last night. Last night, there was a little history made. Oh, m- most block shots. No. Giordano broke the record for most block shots well, last night. something there. He's close to something, yes. Is it Giordano? No, no. He, he did, but he did break no. a record. Was it last night? No. Last night, Craig Anderson, the goalie for the Sabres, became the oldest goalie at 41 years old to win a to game. To make a 50 save performance. Wow. Wow. He saved 53. Like I 53 saw the shots, game. I was watching the game. 3 to 1, Buffalo Against, 1. Over Florida. Florida. His yeah. old team. Yep. Yep. And uh, he, he became the oldest goalie to make a 50. Save shot, save win win, we should we should put that down there then. So it was two historic nights because um, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who we'll discuss during the show, um, Giordano broke the record for most blocked shots yeah, yeah. in the history he was, of the NHL. I, he broke it yesterday. He broke yeah, it yesterday. He he not, to, yeah, 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 he, yeah, he broke it last night. So that's two interesting. Um, sure, he's been in the league thirty years. Yeah, well, and if he's if he's defenseman leading Toronto to the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, oh. Anyways, that's okay, our you weekly need, you trivia. That, you need that minute muncher. Okay. Anyways, that's our weekly trivia. We'll expect to see back from Surge again soon with some more. In any event, okay, in any event, thanks again, Peter, for being out here. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for soon getting in there. Um, this is the house that happens. My name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. Thanks for coming out.